Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Hit record. Hit record. Don't we want to talk about what we're going to talk about first? Craig O'Neill from Auto Text Me. Wait, it's not Auto Text Me. It's Auto Flow. Did you guys change the name? We're no, the it's always been. Don't you get it. Hold on. Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Davis is completely clueless. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. It was, it was Auto Flow at the beginning, wasn't it? That's who hired me. Yep. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, hey, so <laughs> what's up? And he's now uh, dropping auto text me the name, and it's all going to be auto flow. Auto talks to me. <laughs> uh, what IR was it? Speak good, <laughs> David. David, uh, uh, it's uh, auto docs now. Um, <laughs> auto docs, <laughs> yeah. He told me not to dox John Fern the other day. <laughs> You know, he openly advertises that that's his Facebook profile. Buckin' Buckaroo Bob. Or have, you, that, is that the, have you ever met Jedediah Cuckle? I don't think so. You have now. <laughs> his name is John Firm. <laughs> so we were, okay, we were in Las Vegas. Did you Vegas. pronounce that last name properly? I think so. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> this is highly unprofessional. We are trying to do a professional production. We're, we're here. in um, Kim Kim Walker. You're going to make me this. go to the next room. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we're in we're in Las Vegas. Kim Walker walks over to me and she said, "Hey, I need your help." And I said, "Okay." I'm she said, "Mute this. <laughs> this is an off the air kind of story." She says. Lucas, she said, we've got this person that trolls us nonstop. Well, hold on now. That is not true. That is not how that could have gone. Is that how that went? No. It, it, to a degree. Are you fluffing up the story? So Kim's like, there's this person. And when we did the breaks for breast thing, that this person had all these things to say. And we were going to delete their comments and we were going to do all this stuff. And, and she said, I was just wondering if you like, I uh, I'm friends with this person. Can you help me figure it out? And she was so, friends with the person trolling. Mm-hmm. She's there like, I don't no know. No trolling happening. No trolls. No and trolls. So she shows me the picture and I just like melt, dude. I'm just like unraveling. I'm like, anyway, I'm super he ends tired. up revealing the, the identity of this person, but it's not the point. Oh, the point I is that the, com- the comments were perfectly fine. It was not, there was, it, it was a, somebody voicing their, their, um, distrust of that whole operation. That's all it was. But let's talk about auto flow. 
Yeah. You jerk. <laughs> Distracting from what he's here to do. <laughs> um, we don't like. I think everybody knows about autoflow by now. You think so? Everybody but you. That's my favorite picture. That. <laughs> that one. So the, <laughs> tell me if that looks like Rick White to you. It does not. Are you sure? Yes. Look what at the face supposed, really closely. What am I supposed to do with this? Oh, I'm just going to blow up this recording. <laughs> now I see it. I know. Right? Are you hungry or something? No, I just got an awfully loopy. I just love ruining your life. Um, <sighs> Craig O'Neill, what's up, buddy? Oh, man. So, oh, are you uh, like the last guy who only listened to the first episode and never yeah, heard? I've listened another. to several others. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. No, you see, guys he's the real deal. Conversations. I know you that think? this could, conversation could go absolutely anywhere. Well, see, yep. there you go. And he knows that that's just how we roll. Yeah. And yes, we're going to talk about autoflow because I am super happy with this new marketing module. Oh, In fact, he keeps telling me about this marketing module, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. He's like, oh yeah, I'll help you get it set up. It's super easy, to dude. Work. I'm telling you, I don't think there is a more complete ability to like select the client that you want to target in anything anywhere, right? Like I'm telling you, there is no. Dude, it is legit. To turn it on and go. Yeah, dude. Yeah, when we started uh, going down the marketing path, I'm not a marketing guy. I'm not a marketing guy. Right. I'm a shop guy that got into software. I have inspection processes. That's That's been what I teach. Right. Marketing, not my thing. So what do you expect when you have software that does marketing? I, we ran into this with the advisory panel. A few of the guys that helped us design this would say, hey, Craig, I want to do a text blast. Here's what I want it to say. Can you go in there and send that for me? It's like, I can show you where. Yeah, you dude. go to craft that and send it, and it's really simple. Oh, dude, but it is I so... I can't be the guy to manage it for you, right? And we right. want a simple enough platform that that's not going to have to be the case. Well, and and so um, a lot of other options have to be managed, right? A lot nice. of other options. And, and so, like, yeah. if you want to send something, you have to call and say, hey, can you send this? Can you do this? You can do it yourself. But there's some complexities to it that you can accidentally send two messages or you can do. Am I operating off like 2018 auto text me? And I don't know about any of so this stuff. So actually, David, it's cloud-based. So there is no updates that you actually have to perform. We handle that all for no, you. I'm, well, I'm saying, well, like I, I set it up in 2018. Oh, by the way. And then never did anything well, with it ever since. This is actually, this is a point that, that I, uh, five years now, five years in software. And I have observed shops all over the country and their behaviors right. and their utility of their software platforms, not just ours, but even their shop management systems. And that is a trend all over the place. You're not alone in this. And so take comfort in that, right? You you get on board, you get comfortable. Is this not yeah. the story we hear all the time? Yeah, of course. Industry? And you just set it and forget it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it works. It does what it does. Yeah, but it's got, dude, it's got so many new features that you probably don't realize it has. And because I'm friends with Craig, I'm always finding out about these new features. And he's like, hey, did you know we did this? We, oh. we also he sends do monthly email. webinars and we do emails. Yeah. Email, <laughs> not a great way to reach shops, by the way, but it is also not dying. We can't really? get away from it. We won't get away from it for a long Who time. Who said email's dying? I, th I thought so. For did you really? Time, I really thought like this is garbage but now i'm in my inbox all day that's like where i manage tasks yeah. if you want chris uh, who i work for uh 
to remember something that you want to do, it, it's got to be an email. If you chat it to them or something like that, or just verbally say, Don't say forget nope, it. send yeah. me an email. I was send helping Lucas with interviews and I said, hey, if you want me to remember. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to my shop, and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it, nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, Start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. To do this, I've got to have Google Calendar. Send me, uh, like, yeah, he set it up in my Outlook. So let me ask this, though. Like, What would be the best way for us to reach a shop owner? who's busy, they do podcasts during the day, they do work during the day, they do everything, right? No. You call, you call me? You just call, just my, call, call just myself and just call because like- Phone calls, got it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, that is, do not call me. See, oh man. That's sort of the antithesis of, of I, auto I got upset me, with right? him because he called me and, and I got off the phone. I think I yelled at you and I said, this could have been a text. Thank you. Click. Oh, sure. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. So there's a threshold where it goes from email to text to call, or is that the hierarchy? Like email yes. for something super passive, text for something semi-urgent yes. and a call. I, like, I think the problem, is, though, know. is that the, like, and I'm not trying to disparage your emails, is that your emails are all very... Um, Clever, witty. Um, boring. And so... <laughs> Need more Did puns. that hurt? Did that hurt? Did I it? can put more puns in. I mean, I, no, no, you know, don't pun it up. That oh, I hate puns. Really, you know, knowing that is not a good puns. thing to tell me. I, oh, I just, I think that. <laughs> Did you know what he loves? Do you know what he loves? Tell me. His favorite thing in the entire world is when people give him compliments. Really? Yeah, he, that's weird. Why he loves. You, what, what What does that have to do with this conversation? He loves compliments, okay. especially when you post them on his Facebook profile. Mm. That's. Anyway, public praise. Yeah, he D- loves Dutch public loves praise. puns. He loves puns. He thinks they're hilarious, and so he'll say he'll throw puns out there. And I just I need to spend more time talking with Dutch. Yeah, he's probably got some good ones. I know he does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's so, with the What's the appeal with puns? I don't I don't understand that. Language is by itself fascinating. Okay. You have to be intelligent, David. And that's something that me and you are not. So. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I can't stop. I can't turn it off for a few reasons. And one of them is at my attention span, audio learning, even conversationally, unless yeah. I have a face to talk to, like listening to podcasts, this gets me too. Like my mind wanders. My right. mind wanders. My mind yeah. will wander in a presentation or anything else. I'm looking for connections all sure. the time. Sure. Yeah. Something that makes me stimulated enough to keep that thread 
going. And yeah, dad jokes and puns, they work real good. So I, I've, you, I don't know. You, I just, you led into something I've got to ask about, right? Because we've talked about this before. You you went through Toastmasters, right? Yeah, still in it. Yeah, really? three years now. Yeah. So I, I'm curious because do of, you do the puns at Toastmasters? There are people better with puns than me in Toastmasters, and they amaze me. And I want to learn from them to become. Do they a pun slip master. them in? Do they slip them in like only the people that are into puns, like they pick it up and the they're like, ah, that was a good one. Instantaneous. I can't actually on the spot think of many. It's it's only right. in, in a moment where, oh, yeah, that's great. And then people think you're super clever. But if you sit there and try to force me to think up something like that, it won't happen. Right. I just, I think it's really difficult to slip a pun in without it being like overly obvious. Well, sometimes that's the fun, David. Making it overly obvious? Absolutely. That makes it less funny. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that's the sense of humor that we have. My brother's king for this. And now we were raised in a transmission shop, right? 25 years I've had in this industry. And the transmission shop, look, guys, there's terminology that they have in that part of the industry, which we won't go into, that have a lot of innuendo. Yeah. Just a lot. So it was so obvious to us after enough years of being immersed in this kind of a culture that in order for it to be funny – we have to explain it to someone like they don't understand it. And then that was the better joke. Okay. What's you know, I, I, that, that does, that would be funny <laughs> where you just make the assumption that they're idiots and you go, <laughs> let me explain this to you. So and then you go through is, in, in very specific detail. I'm going to explain the joke to you. Yeah. Ha. And then <laughs> and <laughs> that you, would be hilarious. You thought transmission shops were behind and you don't even get our jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that would be funny. But the actual pun, unless somebody would be ha- would have to be standing up there just delivering pun after pun, straight faced, for like you know twenty minutes. Oh, what was the and what only was the one that two or won. three people picking up on it going? <laughs> what was the one that the the dude that um, remember he won like some award or something like a couple of years back, and he talks about the cigarette like they say smoking kills, and he pulls the candy bar out. You remember that? No. Oh my god. Nobody knows what you're talking about. I'll have to I will have to it, it was one of the Toastmaster award ceremonies. Oh no, I he was it, like he was on stage like going to Yeah, light getting a ready to light a cigarette. Then he like Oh, they're watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm telling you like yeah, there it's a great speech. I can't think of exactly what his point was anymore. I just remember it was hilarious. Right. And and like the the ability to communicate everybody that I know that's been through Toastmasters can communicate at a whole different level than everybody else. What's well, up with that? It's listening. It's actually, it's listening. Number one thing. Really? Being able to listen to people. And you guys, you guys have this with your guests all the time. You, you're, right. you listen to stories and you listen with genuine interest probably most of the time. Right? <laughs> Depends on the guest. Yeah, sure. But this is <laughs> the thing. Me. Everybody gets into Toastmasters with the idea that they're going to get better at public speaking or just speaking and communicating in general. And the number right. one first thing it teaches you to do is listen better. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. And how do we do it? We do it through evaluation and feedback. So how do you give someone a feedback on their speech? Well, you probably yeah, better listen to it, to it yeah. first. And then yeah. what do you need to listen for? You actually learn the mechanics of what goes into some of this stuff. And once you have some of the recipe ingredients, you start working on those things piece by piece by piece at a time. Not all of it at once. You're never going to master like get on stage and do one of those speech competitions that the guy with the cigarette that yeah talking about, they, that was a speech contest he was in and that's something that we're actually at my club at back home uh next week 
we start our club contest. There's a club level, there's an area level, there's a division level, and then it goes state and then it goes national and then it's world right. um, after that. And this is an international organization with, with that, like who, the speech contest. What? Dude, it's crazy. And and I, I keep looking back at it and I'm like, you know, if you want to, especially advisors, right? 100%. How, how cool would it be to get advisors involved with this? Oh. Right? I think that would be awesome. I, working on it. In fact, I was just talking with Carm on the Toastmasters. Uh, so, yeah. Carm Capriato, I, I don't know if you can mention rival podcasts. Well, yeah. yeah. David mentioned him this morning. <laughs> we all love Carm, right? So, this is what we're going to do. This is really what we're going to do. <laughs> so, here's the thing I saw them in the airport. They were on my airplane there. We had done an uh, episode where we talked about Toastmasters. And, yeah. and one of the ideas after the, the podcast, you know how sometimes you have conversations <laughs> with people for a while after you're all done? Yeah. For like 20 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Repeating <laughs> the same five things you just talked about. <laughs> So you know how that happens? Well, I was having this conversation with Carm about here's what we need to do. We need to start an automotive industry, automotive repair industry, Toastmasters Club. And what we'll do with that is well it'll be all online. And I was talking with Chris about it too. So we're we're gonna we're gonna sponsor this, right? We're gonna we're going to do this and hopefully within the next thirty days. I've now nice. said it publicly here, so now we'll have to like try to make Absolutely that true, right? actually See, do it. Don't yeah. worry, it'll probably be like two yeah. or three weeks. So right? we're gonna create that and what how will it work, right? Uh since it's sponsored club, your membership dues won't be there. You can come as guest free anyways. Uh but then once you do become a member and you wanna do this, once a month we'll have an online meeting. We'll probably have some side meetings like what uh, ASOG does with their yeah. their dinners, have the toast master's dinner and then we'll host a actual in-person meeting at least once a year uh, where people can come and do this and what's the goal well the goal is to start being able to create this not just so that we have a big toastmasters club that we're sponsoring or anything but that it'll get people introduced to toastmasters it'll allow it to self-replicate itself so if it gets large enough we can't have too many people in one right meeting. it wouldn't we wouldn't even get past the introduction <laughs> well, dude that sounds stuff. like such a killer idea and and yep. you know I, I we deal with a lot of people and i talk to a lot of people who they say well i don't go to those shows or i don't go to those trainings because i don't feel comfortable talking in front of people i don't feel comfortable being involved and yeah. and so how are you gonna get those people sign up for this then I, I think that this... They check it out online risk-free, right? I mean, it's pretty yeah. easy to just tune in over a Zoom meeting. I know Zoom's kind of fatiguing after the COVID episodes we all had, but it this is this is an easy space to do. Man, it, it's, it's that everybody I have seen develop so quickly in Toastmasters, right? Like it is, there's something about it that gets people to develop and gets them out of their shell a little bit. It's And, and I would call it, there's a decision, right? When you go check out something like a speeching, a speech club, to get better at speaking, there's a decision that's already occurred there. Like you've identified yeah. a problem or at least an area you want to improve, even if it isn't a problem. Most people told me, oh, yeah, I thought you were pretty good before. Uh, why would you, why do you need Toastmasters? It's almost yeah. like saying, Hey, you're a good tech. Why do you need to go to training? Right. Uh, we, we always need to improve. And if you don't keep improving, you stagnate. And that's true yeah. no matter what. Now, it's a little different on that analogy. Obviously, you could think the technician, of course, we have a situation where, yeah, cars change. Speaking hasn't changed much. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what? how have the mechanics of speaking changed that I would need? No, it's not. It's just that you're. it's a muscle. Like anything, yeah. it's probably a better analogy to equate it to working out. If you are not practicing on a regular basis, you're not going to stay as good as you are. I was a martial artist for years, and I say was right now because I haven't been in a dojo for years right. recently. and. I don't think I could go through all the same katas 
that my muscles remember going through. And right. the muscles, even if they remembered, aren't developed the same way that they were when I was doing it a couple times a week. Yeah. Right? Uh, any muscle fatigues, and it's a skill just like anything else that can fatigue your ability to communicate. Uh, and and so what's your, been your biggest takeaway so far? I mean, like, I, I, I have watched you develop through it. I guess you'd been doing it before we met. We've been friends just for about three years now. So probably met you just a little bit before I started. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I've watched you develop and watched your, even your speech patterns change in, in what you're doing. What, what were the biggest takeaways for you personally? The biggest one for me is that due to the practice and I go almost, almost without fail every single week to my club. Mm-hmm. We have a weekly club and that practice has allowed me to develop the ability to think more clearly while I'm talking. I was the kind of person I could go every direction and I still can. I can right. relax and just go wherever I want to go and lose my train of thought. But it would be a train. It, you couldn't even call it a train. There are no rails. <laughs> right. <that> it's, <laughs> it's just tall grass and you're lost. Right. I would lose people very easily. Just, I, I think my early success, I could attribute to one thing and that was, I was passionate about what it was that I was talking about that right. passion will carry you so far at some point that passion needs to get tempered into clarity and, and a clear purpose. And, and dude, you've nailed that. You really have. I mean, Thank you. was it, was it auto? This is why I get frustrated with this one here. I a hundred percent identify with it. Absolutely. Everything you said, if you're going to get up and get, do a class, there has to be structure in your thought process, in your patterns. You yeah. want to deliver it a certain way. You don't want to go off in tangents. You yep. don't want to go down rabbit trail. What class? We did a class, service advisor class. And although, I mean, you don't want to knock the guy. He told a lot of stories. The stories were good. He was mm-hmm. a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. They had nothing to do with the class. Right. He would like, oh, yeah, back to the class. Oh, I got another story. And then we'd go off on another story. And the stories were great, sure. but that he was there to deliver the class. And so you wanted to make sure he, he got yeah. through the material. But when you're standing up there in front of somebody, or a large group of people, you want to make sure that you're, you're right. I like I have to slow down the thought process, mm-hmm. and I got to go back to my notes. I'm not reading notes. I've got them pretty much in my head, but I know I got to hit these bullet points. Yeah, I've got to hit these markers in my head, and I'm going, okay, I'm going to go here and then here and in here. You have to slow way down. This dingus, he wings it. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to wing it. Like, what are you talking? You cannot wing it. You, you cannot. Well, the thing is, David, there's a balance of it too because you can't just wing it and you can't just have the bullets. It's this perfect balance of the two right. things. Because if you've succeeded. Well, you don't want to verbatim. Them. No, no, you, exactly. Because if you do, it, it sounds overly prepared. Yes, and what the goal is, is not necessarily to give the audience something, but get the audience engaged. If yeah, they're engaged, yeah. they're going to get it. And if the audience starts going somewhere, you go with them, right? To it. Yeah, you have to read the room. But That's you why you don't want to reel it back, too. <laughs> I, I think for me, though, is that that was never my intent, right? Like, I never wanted to be a public speaker by any way, right? Sure. Like, it's not, I'm, it makes me anxious. I don't want to do it. I'm not good at it, right? And so, so you refined your Southern accent to a perfection just by. Yeah, so I can, you know, look, if I talk long enough, he'll like slowly, you know, kind of fade off over here and he'll almost fall asleep so we can just talk and have a conversation without these rude interruptions. Um, the voice is so great and you didn't intend for it to be used in the public? I think I did fall asleep on a podcast episode once. No. 
He did. Swear to God. <laughs> Swear to God. Like, do just remember, I do. And I was so mad. Which, don't say which one it is. I was so, so be, mad because bad. I was like so frustrated. I, I, I remember falling asleep or f- almost falling asleep. It was it was rough. It was like head nodding. I, listen, well, it was one of those like. Well, we like, had we had been arguing that day. So no. I thought, you guys? <laughs> I thought that he was. I thought he was just being a jerk because he was pissed off. And I'm like, I, dude, I'm having to, I am trying to foot this one from the like ground up, right? And this is a heavy carry, right? And you know what I mean by that? Like, you got some people you have to work with, and you have to keep the conversation moving, and you have to, and like, I, dude, I'm, I've talked so much that my throat is sore, and I like, I'm trying to gasp without like it sound like I'm gasping, you know? Sure. I'm, I'm over there, and I'm like, I finally hear something. I'm like, homeboy snoring. <laughs> like, I snoring. swear to God, that is that noise. That's what that is. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like serious. We, I did one live. We were doing one live at an event. Oh yeah, and you were nodding off, and I was nodding off. They were in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Listen. well, I feel really good that you guys are both awake right now. I know, right? Like well, that's well, a we're, huge improvement. We're Twenty minutes in, dear. Let's uh, not let's not get too excited. <laughs> But but you know back to what we were talking about <laughs> I I I never like I'm nervous on stage and so I have to wing it because my problem is is that if I try and prepare if I try and practice it out then I'm putting so much pressure on myself that I'm trying to hit that mark mm. and it backs me up right <laughs> well Toastmasters is great in that regard too because you have one half of the meeting it's planned speeches the other half of the meeting it's impromptu speaking called uh, it's a session called table topics so you get the impromptu right. component impromptu is 90% or greater of our speaking experience well, what are the topics though random sometimes completely oh, random so sometimes yeah, silly yeah. sometimes David there are puns Ugh. Here, here's here's the <laughs> issue though if, if, it, if it's a topic that I have a lot of interest in or knowledge in, I can wing it. I can wing it. I can get up there and I can. Yeah, like I the can, sillier topics would be hard though, right? If it's thing. But no, I can talk about some really goofy stuff. It's that's not the issue. It's, I, I got to know the topic. Oh yeah, but, but that's if it, when you're in a true life speaking opportunity where sure. impromptu, you wouldn't speak up unless it was something you were there to talk about oh, or yeah. with a group of people talking about a thing you cared about mostly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'm for the most part I'm okay as long as I don't have to be an auctioneer. That sucked. Hmm. You right. had to do that? Yeah. Remember ASTE last year? And they, they wanted to auction off a bottle of liquor and nobody told me about it. And so they're like, hey, you got to auction this off. And I'm like, I got it. What? And then like, Dave, like, Lucas, you talk good. Get up here. <laughs> then I'm, I'm over here. I'm, you know, David's got to announce the prizes and not one person that he announced was in the room. <laughs> 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 so they didn't win you keep going right yeah well i mean like they set them all aside because i don't think it was communicated well enough that like hey you're you got to be here to win your prize and so well then they ended up sending them out didn't yeah they? they mailed them off to everybody that's really kind i would have given it to somebody in the room right yeah i think it was just us in the room by the time we got done so <laughs> well well that's that would have been a little they'll get that fixed that'll be fine yeah oh no it'll be great it'll be no, great. but this is the thing though like shop owners life the their speaking ability with their team it's not mm-hmm. just speaking by the way toastmasters it is leadership skills as well and yeah. so there's whole pathways there's whole curriculums that you do with that uh, and this is where i do feel a lot of people especially in the independent shop world we've developed a very relaxed culture in terms yeah. of some professional 
correspondence, yes, right? very much so. That's not always healthy. It's very right. healthy in some regards because we don't want a stiff environment or anything. And Toastmasters, there are some clubs I've visited that they're a little stiff, toasty, right? right? Yeah. I don't like that. That's not that's not our style. Our club's pretty pretty laid back. But the main point is you have a communication style that is affecting other people. Uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence yes. People. Uh, I picked up the one for How to Win Friends and Influence People in the digital age. Some yeah. of it's no-duh stuff. Of course. It, some of it is really like, yeah, social media, people going out there, likes and trying to get likes. They're yeah. equating and, their self-value with that. And, and what I connected with was the simple little mistakes people had made. The fact they put that in there. And, oh, yeah. And it was crazy because it wasn't it at the very end of the story about the celebrity that like – said something that was misinterpreted just the wrong way. And it was like, it, it was career yeah, because you know? perception is reality. Right. And so yeah. when somebody has perceived the way you said something as what it is, and this happens all the time digitally now auto text me, we're dealing with text messages a lot and we're teaching shops how to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of our conversations we just had uh, with Malloy business development group too, was uh, uh, humanizing digital communication, our most recent webinar. Right. And the whole concept behind that, of course, we had the chat GPT stuff coming up and everyone's yeah. freaking out about chat GPT. But guys, it's not creative, it's generative. It's only taking things that we've already said and re rephrasing yeah. it with with the data that it has, whatever. The uh, the thing is though, uh, with, with text communication, it is going to be read from how they on the other side yes. are, are currently at. And you don't always know unless you've already established a relationship with this individual. And I, I've run into this where I'm dealing with shop owners that aren't even texting people still out there, guys. Lots. Of, yeah, lots definitely. Of, it's I, crazy. Dude. I, I, do you know how many shops that I have talked to or been into in the last year that have paper repair orders? Oh, they're still out there too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to criticize it. Like that's how, that was my upbringing. Yeah. Right? I start, I've been there too. And I know it works. I do. I also know why some other things are a little more efficient, but here's the thing with text, right? I would hear this from shop owners like, well, you're trying to get me to not talk to my customers. It's like, no. Like I was talking with David earlier, like that, that should have been a text. Appeal. That should have been a text instead of a call. That, that would have been appealing to me. So you don't want to talk to your customers anymore? <laughs> I don't. Depends how introverted your front counter is. <laughs> but <laughs> this one's pretty introverted. <laughs> but no, like that's the, the, like you were saying, though, that should have been a text. Don't call me with that. That is yeah. what auto text me is trying to do for you. We are simply trying to take the things that shouldn't be a phone call and let you be able to handle that with text because we want the phone call to be the relational piece of and, the conversation, the part where you're doing what humans do best. And, and you know, it, it's, it's crazy because you're talking about the, the training you did or the webinar you did the mm -hmm. other day. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading an article a while back about how humans communicate via text. And it's not the same way that we communicate when we're standing here no. talking. And, and for instance, um, I, I was reading an article and it was talking about the professionalism of emojis. Right? Yes. And, yes. And we like, talked on this, right? Yeah. And like how how just putting that emoji in there can can make sure that you don't send the wrong message. Yes, because we don't we're we're tone deaf in text. But it doesn't it does not have a reputation for being professional when you start putting emojis and things. You won't see it when you're talking to larger organizations and you're in yeah. a corporate negotiation or whatever. Lawyers, I'm sure, especially divorce lawyers, probably never use any emojis in their correspondence with their clients at all because. There's a serious level of conversation yeah. on this, that, or the medical doctors. But no, how important is bedside manner for a medical doctor? Yeah. Those are the ones that don't get sued. Uh, if you're doing digital correspondence with things, uh, you got to put some hint of, course. of your humanity into that message. And, and you can get there with language. You can choose words and grammar and punctuation and all that stuff. But there's another format for digital communication that is, by its nature, less formal. 
by its yeah. very nature, it's not going to be as well structured, especially in a text message. I, I'm a I'm a one finger typer, guys. Right. One finger. And thus I have it on a nice computer system like Autoflow and I can type at my keyboard at my workstation. <laughs> Texting for me, I don't love it. I would rather leave, leave a little voice message or something like that yeah. in the thread. Mm -hmm. One of those sort of things. But that's why we have this broken format. You guys remember, you, you guys, we're about the same generation, I think. And so you remember the phones that didn't have QWERTY keyboards, right? I do. Yeah. Hi. How many buttons did you have to press? It's like beep, 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 beep. And I'm really fast at T9. I did too. Yeah. I was I did so too. flying. But the messages weren't <laughs> grammatically structured and no one expected it. Right. Yeah. 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 You're not going to go through the time to put a comma in there. No. No. And, so, and I do on my text messages now. Like no, the, I, I do too now. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you end up with a book. Of, you were just complaining about this earlier. You got to block a text. No punctuation. No capitalization. Yeah, how half the words it? are wrong. It's terrible. So how do you read it though? Like what tone do you even read it in? Yeah. And it's probably going to be the tone that you last saw that person at or where you're at right now. It's one of those two things. Depends yeah. on the personality. I know people, they will read it in the most negative way it could possibly have ever been constructed, which would be a completely different meaning than what was intended, which would have been very positive. And some messages are abstract enough that that's possible to have a different opinion well if they're not bothering to put punctuation and things like that they probably left it pretty loosey-goosey on interpretation yeah and that's, that's even if they got the idea across which most of the time they did and this is where even planned speeches come in with toastmasters right you have a certain way of constructing a speech a certain way of constructing a thought and you practice it you have the feedback the people that you're talking to to understand how they received that message and then you say wow that's what you got out of that um oh, interesting when you're getting evaluations on a regular basis all those things come back and improve this is this is useful in every form of communication we do yeah i mean it, we need it, some text evaluators is what we need next well and it, <laughs> I, I you know i was getting ready to ask if if uh this means that we're going to get voice messages on auto text me that we can send our clients because you know me i'm like why not dude, dude every message i, mean, I send i is don't a voice know message. i don't know i don't know because it's better than voicemail if you can get it in the text thread. I yeah. don't make me go dial into my voicemail box. Yeah. Like, if you leave me a voicemail, I'm so, I hate. You. I do too. <laughs> I do too. And I, I like every time I land. Hold, hold on, hold on. How can you hate voicemail but also send eighty five voice texts? Uh, it's so different than it, the only the reason why I send voice texts is because I'm driving. There's only one rule with voice text. There's only one rule. Do not go over. 45 seconds. No, if no, you get it's, to a, four it's or five one minute. No, it's 60 seconds. I know. I'm just saying, like, that, they should never have taken that limit off. I know, the 60-second limit. Hmm. It should never. Because you want to be able to break it up into sections. And the 17-minute voice text, and you're like, this is miserable. Right? I also think it should be, hey, I have a response to that. It'd be easier if I speak it and maybe text the permission from the person that you're going to send it. Would that work for you? Because they might not be in a position to listen to it. Right. right? It depends on the party that you're talking with. If it's David, he doesn't want to hear it. Right. Well, I mean, David doesn't really want to hear anything. He's just he, he's going to be negative just to be negative. Like, we call him negative I'm not Nancy. Negative. Listen, See, right, I, so try, to I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and try to be as, uh, as um, what's the word I'm looking for? When I'm reading their text. Optimistic? No. He's never optimistic. That is not something that's never. in his vocabulary. I'm not even <laughs> sure if he knows what it means. Um, <laughs> it's not generous. There's a word. I just can't think of it. Well, I, here's the thing. Like, 
Dale Carnegie stuff again. The three C's in mm-hmm. that book. Uh, do not complain, do not criticize, do not condemn, right? So <laughs> it's 90% of my texts. <laughs> 90% of you. What are you talking about? I'm 95, really, maybe? I just, I just really hope everyone could see the look that Lucas just gave David. <laughs> I mean, so so here's the thing is is when we when we talk about the voice chat, right? Or we talk about voice messages. One of the things that I want to be careful about is that the the 60 second rule forced us to be concise. It forced us to be clear. It forced us to to be able to form small points, right? So the 60 second voice message in reality is you taking and making a paragraph, right? Sure. That, that's one of my biggest beefs yeah. because you read a post in a group and it's just like a solid line. And we had, dude, we had four people leave ASOG because we had to say like, hey, buddy, like I'm not trying to hurt your feelings and I, I really want to be nice and I, I want to help you but you've got to break this up a little bit. And they would get mad and they would storm out and they would leave. Don't make fun of the way I type. Don't make fun of the way I talk and this and that. And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to make fun of it. Yeah. But you, yeah. If, if people can't read it, if you can't discern the point you're trying to make. Yeah. So taking those voice messages and making them 60 seconds, what do you do? You form a thought. Boom. That thought's done. It's interesting too, because some other things happen there too. You had feedback to provide someone that you were interested in helping. Right. Yeah. And they took it. A certain way. Yeah. And there's that. I gave them feedback and snarky comments. Okay. So, so why are you yelling with all capitals? But they were just, you know, they had the caps lock on. Yeah. That's that. That's like a faux pas in this world now. You don't do all caps anymore. And unless you're a service advisor, if listen, I I can, I'm going to tell you now, the service advisor, you can tell if it's a service advisor or not because like people get on Reddit and stuff and they're like, I'm a service advisor. You're lying. We had, Why a comment, we had a comment in our caps. Facebook group, uh, in the auto text <laughs> clients group there. One of our newer clients had asked, made a feature request uh, for like an I all caps. I saw that. Yeah. And so and a couple people kind of jumped on it. And I don't, I, I get why they're asking it. So I'm, I'm always going to advocate for people in any context. And I also understand why people were poking fun at it too. Yeah. Right. Uh, but if you ever had to do it on your mobile phone, I mean, I realized this slowly, but the only way to do it on an Apple with the keyboard open is you have to use one hand to hold that shift button. It's not like an Android. So my guess is he's probably an Apple user. You and, can't you uh, can't double? Like, I don't. Maybe I'm a bad Apple user. I <laughs> can you Apple double tap the while, double tap shift and see if it'll stay? Double tap shift and see if it stays? What? How? <laughs> no it goes back to does like, it really it, yeah no i have to hold down maybe it's a setting somewhere i have to hold that down but that forced me to do something with my thumbs that my generation i'm not comfortable doing my thumbs are like dude i did transmission r&r for too many years in my career i don't think the joints on my thumbs can do what the kids can do these days <laughs> well i mean so so um I, I, how do we Right, because you mentioned the way that I communicated with that man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, dude, like, and I, how they received it, though, too. Right, and I, I did the I did the positive emojis. I was very kind. I you worked. used emojis, and you oh were yeah, kind. yeah, yeah. And I, I like I worked really hard. And to you're say, Lucas. You're a nice guy. Well, and and he dude, he got here's the deal. And poor Lucas here. <laughs> don't get upset. Don't get don't throw water at me again. His, his when he's nice, he does come off as passive as passive aggressive. Oh, I struggle with that too. I do. Yeah, I do. And it it does, like... Not my intention. Not your intention, right? No. Yeah, never the intended behavior. Well, I mean, Yeah, definitely sometimes. (laughs) Especially when it's David, but, I mean... (laughs) You don't do it to me. The thing is, is, like... you're dynamic. I I think that part of the reason is, is, is 
in some sense, people are not used to people who really want to help them. Like, yeah. why do you want to help me? We don't know how to receive the feedback. Right. We don't have practice receiving feedback from who, people who genuinely want to help it and how to take that. Chris came to me after I was, I was actually in a conversation with a client. Uh, at the time, they were a client. They had four, four shops. I was new to Autoflow at the time. In the meeting was Chris Cloutier, Jeremy O'Neill, who was their mm-hmm. coach at, at that time as well, and then the shop owner and all of his managers. And Chris had me give my spiel on something and i was still immature enough at that point uh, this is basically the story that prompted toastmasters as a recommendation right um i was immature enough at the point like my focus in that meeting was to impress everybody in there with what i knew right and that's basically how it was coming across to someone like chris yeah. who's very experienced in there but and so he's sitting there and we've talked about this before he's like okay all right stop talking now stop talking now Right. Stop talking now. He's still going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and and so I didn't have that awareness of there. So getting that feedback from Chris here, I think you should go to Toastmasters and here's why. I could have done one of two things with that feedback. I could have been like, you know, Craig O'Neill back in the transmission shop, the 20 year old guy. And, you know, what? What? No, I'm awesome. Screw you. Right. Exactly. I don't need to listen to this. Ah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and that could have been the response. But wh- I, understanding Chris and being a personality like mine, I do want feedback. I yeah. do want to improve. Well, you know, we've, we've got some guys that we've been working with who really want to share their perspective of the automotive industry. They're yes. technicians, right? And yeah. And working with them. And I'm like, today I, I had a long conversation with my friend Jeff. And I'm like, hey, you're going to be talking to somebody who's not an automotive technician. Mm-hmm. You're going to be talking to somebody that you like, not even necessarily that profanity is bad, but like if every other word's a, a curse word, yeah, it's not going to be perceived. Doesn't and fly. I said, yeah. what you're going to do not is today. you're going to hurt your cause mm-hmm. by accident. And I'm not, and he's like, well, I, I'm, I am who I am. I'm like, oh, it's not yeah. about you being who you are. Isn't that interesting. It's about communicating clearly so somebody else can can buy into what you're talking about. Yeah. And this is somebody who who he's going to be talking to who isn't in our yeah. industry. Yeah, I right? am who I am. I am this way. I, That's an I awful be better. definitive state. Yeah. I want to be better. I'm on a journey. Yeah. That's the whole point. Oh, dude, you brought that up. What? That, um, the the uh, video I was talking about earlier, um, the Tim Kite video. We're talking about the mountain of average, and one of the things he says in there is he said that that employees or your people, one of the things that they they see is, um, and I can't remember exactly how he worded it. He said leaders do two things, and he said one of the two things that they do is they are on a journey, mm-hmm. right? And they're taking people yes. on a journey. Yep. And he said if you're not taking your people on a journey, then you're not leading. It's selfish. Yeah. And if if you're taking your people on a journey to somewhere they don't want to go. Right. And so it, it really spoke to me because as opposed to, as opposed to showing up and going to work, that every day was a journey. We're headed yeah. somewhere. Yeah. We're going to accomplish something. Oh yeah. Right. And man, it, that, that, I think that is the most powerful moment in that video. If you've never watched it, dude, no, I should. It I, I regard my experiences now in these last five years outside of the shop. I wish I were still in the shop sometimes with the knowledge that I have right now. Like even the family business, like one of my big things was like me, my dad, grandpa, especially grandpa for a lot of reasons. And my brother too, at intervals before we learned to work really well together, we were just 
bumping heads yeah dude all the time yep. our communication skills were garbage and that that was my fault as yeah. well and it's so easy to you've probably stalked lots of people in the family business oh so-and-so is like this so-and-so is yeah. like that and that's why it was this bad and everything else no we all own something on there and that, of course that, when you can actually look back and see that that's when growth can happen because, yes absolutely yeah I, I you know and I, I i've said this in a couple of reels and i've said this on a couple of podcasts man the older i've gotten the more I realize how smart my dad really was. Mm, sure. Right. Because I didn't realize. And, and you know, I, I make a joke sometimes and I talk about every time I went to do something stupid, I'd turn around and see him kind of chuckling. <laughs> right. Because he knew I wasn't going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, sure. he knew there was nothing he was going to say that was going to get me yep. to listen to his advice. Yep. Right. And so now I look back and I'm like, damn, if I had listened to him. Yeah. Like a quarter of the time. My life would have not only would it have been exponentially better, it'd be exponentially better now. Yeah. Because if I had just pulled from his experiences, but you know, and I, I think that's part of growing up. I think that's part of being a kid. That was a good parent but, skill too, by the way. Observing the kid, knowing they're gonna make the mistake, yeah. knowing it's not gonna kill him when he does. And that, right. that can trigger growth. And that's so cool. like now later on in life, like I look at that and I'm like, man, if I had known what I know right now, if I was able to communicate like I can mm-hmm. communicate now. And slow down and understand. Yeah. Instead of it being an argument, instead of it being this, that, or the other. Yeah. Especially right? instead of arguing, there's never a winner. It's already a broken Absolutely. conversation. Absolutely. And, and yeah. the the other thing is, is that the other people in the conversation can come away with it however they want to come away with mm-hmm. it. That's their decision. Yeah. But I have to remain in control of my perspective of it. Yes. And I have to remain in control of what I'm saying and what I'm doing. It's that humility component. Yeah. To this too. Like my, our egos were so wrapped up in everything we yeah. did in that business. Like being right was the point and having a say in yeah. this was the point. And it didn't yeah. even matter. And the family business, I really feel like suffered because of those, yeah. our all collective inability to outgrow that. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. And, and it happens in a ton of family businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. you know, there's a lot of family businesses I've seen go under mm-hmm. because there's no succession yep. because the, no exit plan. they can't no work exit together. Strategy. We just had that happen the other day, right? A, a grandson. It's like, I can't do it. No. Just can't do it. Nope. I mean, that's what prompted me to go, too, is there was no exit strategy. Like, there was nothing left uh, to buy uh, I could literally have started a business with less debt is how I see it. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't anything that I couldn't do different with just a completely new facility somewhere, not even new, just a different place, someplace else, same name. It's still my name. That was what I had carry with me. And I realized that wasn't even my passion at that time too. leaving though. Wow. What a hard choice. Right. That was like my whole life. I was convinced of the fact that I was going to take over the family business. That's what was going to happen. Uh, then there was this realization that it's killing me. I look back at the pictures of that time period. My, my kids were little in this, this phase of life and the most precious ages of uh, their lives. My wife was able to stay home with them uh, full time during that time too. It was beautiful. She'd be texting me pictures. They're at the zoo. They're doing this. They're doing that. I'd be underneath the cards dripping snow and I would be working late nights. And we had a couple of weeks there were like literally 60 to 75 to even 80 hours actual time uh, at the facility, not just production time. I'm talking actual time at the shop. And I see those pictures now and I just think, wow, I remember those being happy years. But then I look and I see myself, this was, these were the most stressful, yeah. awful years of my life at the same exact time. And I don't want that for anybody. Whoa. Yeah. I, you know, 
I think about that. And, and, you know, we have a lot of people reach out, a lot of technicians, mm-hmm. a lot of owners that would be like multi-generation owners. And we try and give them advice that makes them feel better about the situation and mm-hmm. ways to fix it. I've, I've, and, and you have, but I've never really considered the idea of telling them like, Hey man, just get out. I, I did this at vision uh, last year. Uh, there, was a guy, get out. there was a guy that came up uh, in the break in, in our class. Uh, and he was describing a family dynamic that was eerily similar to some of the dysfunction that, that my family business had experienced. Um, and mind you, my family, I, my relationship with dad, brother, uh, mm-hmm. were great. Uh, at once we all went our own directions, yeah. it healed very nicely. Uh, we loved each other truly, right? But this guy wasn't a part of the family. And his family was, there's infighting. There's, uh, it sounded like some dishonesty and some horrible things that on top of poor communication that were just there. It's like, it's that I, I told him, like, if you have a conversation with them and these things aren't going to improve, Right. What are you doing there? Yeah. And he sort of had to think about that a second. It's like he hasn't, like, th- th- I think this is one of the things too, guys, is like he didn't, he didn't believe anymore that there was any place else for him to go. Right. And so and that, that's a miserable. What's trapped? Well, well, so you, you, you said something that really, like, I'm, I'm still trying to process it because you're talking about the fact that you look back on those years mm-hmm. and those years were the most stressful years and yeah. you remember them being happy. Yeah. Your time there wasn't like miserable. Yeah. And I, I think about that because there's a lot of times in my life that, that I think about that, but I've never reflected to the degree that you have. Mm-hmm. I've never gone back and looked at them to that degree. I, you know, and even some of the most challenging things in my life, like the four wheeler story, mm-hmm. right? Like I still look at that and I laugh and I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I mean, I almost died. Right. I was a kid. It didn't matter to me. Right. But I, I look back now and, and now that you say that, like I've been through stressful things, but my mind tells me that they were good times. And I've, yeah, you know, I had a technician one time who ended up leaving his wife for, for this ex that he thought was, a better opportunity and he just missed her and he loved her so much and and he he didn't even see the fact that he left her for a reason mm-hmm. right and he mm-hmm. didn't remember all the bad things that I happened bad mm-hmm. it was like he was looking at it with rose-colored glasses yeah, on and only happen. seeing the positive it's strange well, i i don't remember any of the really specific disagreements and except for a, a few that my family would have even when we were at our worst moments it, it all fades away so yeah. much. I, I remember some key lessons on a lot of things, and I remember how my attitude was and how it affected me and how it made me feel. Right, and right. That's the main thing you'll remember on any interaction. Yeah. Um, and then you don't feel valued and all these other things. Then you become a victim, and then you can't grow when you're in that victim mode. Of course you not. Get trapped in that. You're stuck. And, yep. Nope. It's their fault. They need to change, not you. They right. need to get better, not you. Right. That's a lie. Absolutely. Every time. If, if, Mm -hmm. if you, if you're hinging what's wrong in your life on someone else doing something different, I'm sorry, you're a fool. Ah, I hate it. It's, it's not good. My wife, I've got a good one. I married really, really well. Met her when I was in college. Uh, We were both in college. Actually, we met in high school. Uh, We were both at our high school graduation. So we met a little before we went to college. Uh, But she's the kind of person that can challenge me in a way that is so graceful and compassionate and uh, from a position of kindness, too, Mm -hmm. that I can actually achieve 
self-awareness. But the reason that she can do that is because she's also affirming, like sees the best, not just in me, but yeah. anybody that she knows. She's one of those people that can see the best in people. Right. And it's not, it doesn't even feel like an accusation. Is there, is there anything better you could have done in that situation? It, like she has better ways of even saying in the moment that forces me to think yeah. about that. And I adopted the skill largely thanks to the fact that there is someone who just understands me even with my faults. Yeah. That can give me the grace I need to get from that point to the next point and wants to see me there because not everybody wants to see you improve. Right. That's true. Not everyone wants to see you. That, hey, I've been something. through that. Yeah. I've I, been through that. I have dealt with some narcissists in my life and I didn't sure. even know what it was at the time. Right. Oh yeah. And looking back, I'm like, holy crap. Like their story the, needs you to be the villain. Yeah, and absolutely. That that's the only true. way their story works. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, yep. well, yep. walk me through, the decision process. Wow. Uh, that was tough. Uh, well, I will say this. I had help in that phase. Okay. I was getting coached by Bob Greenwood. Yeah. Rest in Man, peace. Man, dude. Yeah. It's been a little over a year and a half, I think now. It's almost two years, almost isn't it? Almost two years. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I miss him. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I do too, man. Yeah. He was a he was a top-notch he, guy. He was my coach, and he was with me in that time uh, that I made the decision. Go, and I, he, he had hour-long conversations with me, and he was all such right. a good listener, and I could vent it all out. And he, he knew I was, I was to a point where I realized, like, even though all the things we fixed, we fixed tons of stuff. We were making more money and everything yeah. else. And, and I love my dad, but the way that the shop used its money wasn't functioning in what I need. I couldn't hang on to it. It would fall through my fingers and could right. do nothing <laughs> to build the business up to where I need to go, get the technicians to where the level I needed them to be at to make the lifestyles I wanted my team to be able to enjoy. Uh, none of it. It was all for naught. And I finally just like, Bob, it's not, I, I can't change him. Yeah. And he's happy the way it's at. Right. And I don't own it. He does. Yeah. What else can I do? I, I'm thinking about leaving. And he said, well, he, he said, that's what you should do. What would you do? And I didn't know yet. Guys, I didn't know. I, I literally, when I did leave, I, next thing I did, I took out a personal loan. I went on AMI and I put some money on their courses. I did, I uh, just went like, like it was my job every single day. I went through AMI's uh, yeah. service advisor training to get the, uh, uh, what is the uh, uh, credited uh, automotive manager? AAM. Yeah, AAM. Yep. Yeah. And one of them is a 40 hour class, but with Bob Greenwood, that was like uh, 40 of the 80 hour credits that that yeah. was. So I, I, I sat home with that as my job and then, uh, found uh, the, uh, I could apply at Auto Vitals at the time is where I right. I only worked for them three months, met Chris Cloutier inside of uh, at Apex before I took that job at Auto Vitals. And uh, by the time I had given my last two-week notice with Auto Vitals, uh, then I was going on to, uh, uh, it was in the last last day of my two-week notice. I reached out to Chris in LinkedIn. I'd love to know to chat. But I'll tell you, though, back to the decision on the shop, the, the issue was uh, – the conversation actually was the really the amazing part. Dad, dad, and I, I said we, we were actually losing one of our other technicians at the time too. He was he was yeah. recognizing all the struggles of the shop too, and he was like, I realized kind of like one of the last guys I was had hired and wanted to see succeed. Realized I couldn't replace this guy, uh, no way, I, and I didn't want to start over again with yeah. another apprentice or someone else. That guy was like a, a six years in the making, awesome master tech guy that started as a 20 year old kid in the shop yeah. and man you just can't you, you, they pull don't, yourself up and exactly. get that built again it was so hard so I, I left uh, shortly after he did 
Uh, but that conversation with dad, it was, it was broke down into just this simple phrase, like dad, I just want you to go back to being dad again. And he understood that I, I, I'm done. And we hugged That's it out. That's a good way to put it. That's yeah. a good yeah. phrase. It, it yeah. really is. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I resonate with the, the you've built somebody up and then they leave and and that that's hard. tough dude it is hard it, yeah um my and brother was a key key player in that individual tool fortunately my brother's working with that that man now actually right uh, with his mobile diagnostic so, let me ask you another question when you know and, and maybe you relate maybe you don't when you're in the thick of that right you oh and and things are tough things I are nothing stressful lined up when i quit Nothing. Right. And and it feels like that's the whole world. Especially since right? my identity really at that time was my work. Right. Uh, the, what I bring home. So the, the first time you go home and you are now unemployed technically, uh, even if by choice, uh, that's scary. Yeah. Um, well, so looking back now, was it as big of a deal as you <laughs> thought it was? And, and so. Yeah, good question. You know, it's a two-part question. So that's part one. And part two is, is you look at dad now. And you look like, hey, you know, sometimes we talk about price. Sometimes we talk about a shop doing things a certain way. And, and you can look from the outside and you're like, man, that's a terrible idea. Why are you doing that? Like, please stop. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Why, why would I change it? Do you look back now and say, you know what? Like, was it, was it as big of a deal in either one of those aspects as you no. thought it was? See, that's the thing is I, I made it such a big deal in my mind at the time. It's, it, was, it was truly overwhelming. At that moment, and I look back now, I was like, man, I should have done that years ago, right? Yeah. Like, where would I be now if I had had the 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 the, the, the bravery to do that? Yeah. And it, it's something I wish everyone realized. If you're in a truly, like, dysfunctional yeah. situation. Toxic situation, yeah. Toxic situation at times, yeah. Even if you're at fault, even in yeah. it too, and but you can fix yourself maybe to a degree, but you still know that others aren't going to be on that same plane. That's still like, don't feel like you have to fix that. Sometimes yeah. you might just fit better in somewhere else, or maybe there's a different leader in your life that, you know, I, Providence, I believe in truly uh, like, like finding Chris Cloutier um, yeah, in 2017, when I did at that exact point in life, he's Providence, a legit human being, best leader I mean, I've ever worked for. Yeah. Uh, and no joke. I know he listens to these things too, but it's like, listen, no, I mean, like, like we all feel that way. Everyone, you know what I'm saying? Everyone in his gravity. And I yeah. call it gravity for a reason. Uh, there, there's, there's something about a man that knows how to develop the people around him, like truly. Right. And that's, that's what a gift. Yeah, dude. that is. It's truly a gift uh, to sit in that brain trust and be an influencer still in that company is is truly a privilege. And if you had talked to me five years ago, uh, if that I would see myself in that position, I would say, what me? Right? No. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I'm nobody. That, well, so looking at could be you looking at dad now and the mistakes he was making then. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that well, now? He still is making a lot of the same ones now. It hasn't changed his MO too much here. And um, he probably doesn't listen to these things. And I don't want to say anything bad, but he's, he's, he knows I love him. And he knows that in a business sense, I disagree with the way that things are. are is done. he happy? Not in the business. He wants to be out, right? Um, I, I think he's happy when he's fixing transmissions. Right. And it's a good week and you have a lot of transmissions on the bench and that sort of thing. And that that's sort of how you would get that drive fulfillment. And I remember that. Like you feel good. You fix something and you've been yeah. in tech, you know, you fix something, you feel good. It immediate tangible results. 
That is a great feeling. You, it is. Your brain chemistry gives you that endorphin. The dopamine. That moment. Yep. Yeah. Now, what if we could make KPIs do that? Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, that, that's where, that's that's my kick in the business, right? Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah, now. when you get your, your numbers and they're all in line and you're like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they're cool. not, you just yeah. feel suicidal. It's cool. It's yeah. a dumpster fire and you're like, why am I doing this? This is but, miserable. But, you know, thinking back on that, there again, you know, we've been on this big kick in the show lately of like. If you, if you love working on cars, for God's sakes, don't start a shop. No. For God's sakes, don't go, because it's not the same job. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, it almost sounds like that's dad. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he'd he be very happy fixing things. And and if somebody even just gave him the paycheck to do that, I think he'd be equally happy if he was making what he did and could come in when he wants to. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Passion. Don't, don't, don't do your passion for a job. No, nah, no. I mean, get passionate about what you do for your job. Right. But if you enjoy something, you want to have fun. I, I, dude, I want to fly airplanes. Yeah. I don't want to do it for a living. That actually would probably kill. And I talk to enough airline pilots when I'm sitting in the back seat and they're the deadhead for the flight. Hey, man, you you still enjoy it? And it's like, ah, huh, right. Uh, yeah. No. It's like I can't imagine ever not being mesmerized by flying an airplane. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's um, uh, Mike Allen's brother flies for delta okay and, you know we were talking the other yeah. day and he said man it's not really the airplane flying part that i enjoy anymore it's the fact that i still get to fly f-16s i think that's pretty cool nice. and i'm like you know well i mean i guess that makes sense but you gotta fly, fly what f-16s still gets oh. to fly. he's the um like a, i don't remember what it's called but like operation red flag or whatever where they've got good guys and bad guys and it's like a full scale like mock-up yeah. dogfight or whatever so it's a Super it's not cool. a matter of i get to fly at 400 miles an hour he wants to go at faster yeah <laughs> well i mean that's you what's know, mach one what's that 800 and something that's a good question i should know the answer to i'm now very curious writing this you're down. a hold on how are fast a, is mach one you're a pilot and you don't know fast. well listen the planes Piper's he flies obsessions. if they hit mach one he's got a whole lot bigger problems yeah yep uh, he's not. Yeah, he's not up there well in the SR seventy one. The VNE speed on uh, the planes I'm flying. Seven hundred and sixty seven point two six nine. It's getting her done. Miles an hour. That's yeah, getting her done. So you just oh, pulled Boeing's your phone out. You asked pretty. a simple question and just Googled it, right? Now just wait because that Chat GPT man. That's dude. Coming. We've been using it for writing service orders. Oh yeah, you and, can do it. And like um, the write ups for clients and stuff. Yep. We've been using it and it works so well because like you know Jade does not have technical knowledge. There was a Volkswagen the other day. You know it's got the little cam filters and behind the the actuator or whatever that plug okay. up with junk and they do respond they? slowly. Yeah. And so I said, hey, go type in a new engine, right? <laughs> I said, go type it into Chat One GPT. Part. And, and it came up with a perfect explanation. So, and it's going to get better on that stuff, too. It's only cut off at 2021 right now for its access. I think it's 2021. Um, right. And so once they give it the full breadth of the internet and then the repair articles, uh, shoot, once it can browse all data or something like yeah. that. I mean, imagine how it can spit back things for us in do our you, businesses. How do you think oh, that? companies and and maybe this is a good question for ben johnson is how do you think companies will respond to to that how will all data how will mitchell how will motor respond one to word it? answer slowly 
very, very slowly. <laughs> Wait a minute. We need to make sure we still can monetize this. <laughs> I, I think it will actually really, truly, though, come in very slowly to our industry. Um, I think we're probably 15, 20 years before it's going to make a massive impact um, of, of how our jobs will be affected by it. Now, right. it'll change our day. To, like, it'll make things easier for us in some ways and other stuff. Well, gonna what's it going to do? Right estimates. It'll do some things that'll take some load off our shoulders is at its best, I believe. Uh, it's not going to replace you. Who is it? Is it? Um, it's not Sam Johnson. It's uh, who's the? Is it David Johnson? That's always like shop management software needs to improve. It needs to. Be, I need to be no, able to no. click that button and it needs to write the estimate no, for me yeah. right now. Absolutely, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Oh man! No, here's my dream. I want to do a vehicle inspection as the professional narrate the whole thing wear some smart glasses or something like that be able to snap the pictures super easy but just narrate it to the ai that'd be cool can you imagine it filling out the form for you so that you didn't have to do cool. any notes checking boxes or anything it just filled it out how would that even work you would have to scan well, the picture really fast and go hey that looks like a leak the picture would still be up to the human to grab i believe it needs to have, you have a little button and you just put your finger boop. Yeah. yeah i mean i wear glasses what so click a button i don't know boop. say no Take boop. photo. There's no yeah. boop. No, no boop. I want it to boop. be the boop. Boop's probably an optional. Maybe. Yeah, you just say boop. <laughs> I, I <laughs> My think technicians walk around the shop all day. May, boop. Maybe I just stop I'm booping, not. man. You just <laughs> took a picture. <laughs> I I don't pa- past explanations and write ups and stuff like that. I guess I mean yeah, that makes it quicker and easier. I just don't know how much use there's going to be for it. I don't. I don't know, dude. I I I mean. Like, I didn't watch the Frank. Uh, it was Frank Lutz, didn't he? Didn't he have the and and, the and AI Buckley. guy? Buckley did one too. Yeah, they, it's been on everybody's Which tongue. Buckley, later. Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did one. Yeah, he did a video on it. Where? On Buckley dot com, I guess. I don't know. I think by time <laughs> by the time we get to a point where it gets that sophisticated to help us do our jobs on inspections, like the idea of the inspection, like who owns the car anymore by that generation too? Yeah, because these mobility companies come in. Or that's already uh, that's already an argument already. Ford mm-hmm. says they own the car that you're just yep. borrowing it. That's not the issue. I'm saying like, how is it going to? Like, we don't call. For example, we don't call our customers. We don't. We stop doing that. It's know. all through Auto Text Me. It's all Auto Text Me. Yeah. So. But you're um, still having that sales conversation? No. Not even that. Oh, no. you're using no. the electric forms. Interesting. Oh, well, huh? What? You're using the electronic approval forms primarily instead of going through the sales he doesn't, process? He doesn't know about any of that. All he does is send shopware once he sends them a text message. Hey, yeah. I'm sending your estimate. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the electronic yeah. approval form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we send them We yep. send them the link mm-hmm. through AutoTextMe. Yeah. Yep. And then they can open it. Mm-hmm. And there's the notes. Yeah. What would make it faster is being able to, like, hey, write me up an explanation on cam phases for a Volkswagen, you know, TSI from a 2013 pile of crap. And yeah. it'll spit it out, and then you can copy and paste it after you run it through five other pieces of software because it's gibberish most of the time. So you, you've, it'll get better you know at Jeremy sounding O'Neill, right? more... Who? Jeremy O'Neill? No, yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, of course. So, so Jeremy, he he did a portion on his digital sales class that I thought was fascinating. It really, really uh, challenged my perspective of that stuff too. I remember him saying like hey, he was using Shopware and does still, uh, and like would watch right people the uh, electronic approval form. You would see something happen. You have all the jobs laid out. You have all the notes, but you'd see. Uh, th- I'm probably butchering the story a little bit. Jeremy would tell it better, uh, but they would approve some. Ten seconds go by. Twenty seconds go by. They approve the next thing. Ten seconds. 
goes by. They approve the next thing. Then a minute goes by. Another minute. And it goes red, 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 red. And Jeremy, I remember him saying this in the class. Once they go red, they never come back. And he asked her, like, what happened? It's like, I don't know. What happened? It's like, they ran out of brain calories. They, yeah. they had too many decisions to make now. And they need, like, I, this is where I, I really believe the human has to have that sales conversation still in order to guide the customer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I see it go just the other way, too, where they go Some green, customers that you already green. have that relationship with them, though. Green, right? green, 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 green. No, first-time customers. First-time customers. Not on average now. Okay. It's always on the second or third visit. But, you know, that red sure. on this, if depending on the business model, mm-hmm. If all of your effort is to try to get that customer in a second and third time, that second or third time is going to be green down the list mm-hmm. because now they're used to it. They they know the process. They now know they I'm going to be over-informed. Yeah. There's trust there. Now you have the trust. Yep. So that, I guess that's my point, David, is like you don't use the electronic approval form unless you have already established trust. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, 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 I really get that, feel like but there's a lot of like I'm going to feign trust through talk and i say that as i'm probably gonna upset a lot of people no no this is i love this conversation you're feigning trust because you haven't delivered on anything customer shows up the first time you're having a conversation i'm going to build rapport the purpose of building rapport is that they are more apt to trust you when you make a recommendation but you're feigning trust. There's, it's just you're. I wouldn't say it's feigning. I think you're legitimately looking out for their best interest. Yes. Well, I'm. Uh, yes. And you've conveyed yeah, that. Yeah. There, that's not. There's no. Well, hold, hold on. No, because there's like there's, they you have to you're faking it until you prove to them that you are able to deliver on what you're promising. What do you mean faking it. You're. It, there's nothing there to to base it off of. You're making a commitment. I'm making a commitment, but great, until you deliver the goods, I'm trusting you. I'm really not trusting you because it's not based on well, evidence. Yeah, this is they don't, just they don't have, hope. I see what you're saying. So they don't have the evidence of you fulfilling your commitments. You've Absolutely made. not. This no. is the first time you've ever been mm-hmm. here. But now, but instead, mm-hmm. if, I've, if I've given them the process and I, and I tell them up front, I'm like, this is the whole process. We're going to do this whole thing. Okay? Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And even if I get all the reds, I don't mind it. It's whatever. Like, I'm going to work really hard to get you to come back in a second time. Yeah. Because the second time, all those reds are going to become green as long as you got the money. Because you understand now what we're doing here for you. There's To try to get all of that up front through conversation. Now, you can make a, a genuine human connection. That's possible. Hey, you like this sports team? I like that sports team. Let's talk about the sports team. That's fun. Well, that's likability. That's different than commitments, right? There's likability, but that tends to to slide into trust. That's your third phase of building a relationship. No like trust. Yeah, you well, get from like to trust. You should uh, meet the Malloy business development guys, uh, Dan Malloy and Darren McClay. They're recent guests on our webinar too, and they talk about the language of commitment and how no commerce happens without commitments. And it, I think it's just brilliant. But where I was going with the electronic form, though, too, is like, honestly, I just don't want my client to have so many individual jobs that they have to do. I want them to have a few basic choices. And so the tip is really just this. If you are going to use electronic forms or if you're advising or counseling over the sales call, break it down into simple options. Option one, here's what it takes to, to deal with your main concern. Option two, here's what I, and it takes I like to take care of the main concern and all your red items. Option three, we're going to go full green. This car is going to have your main concern addressed, your red items addressed. And by the way, these yellow items, which are just due by time or mileage, but 
this is what it is. You won't have to deal with this car again for the next six to eight months or whatever time frame it is. And, and that's, that's what it'll though. take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then breaking but it, it, that's, that's the sucks. thing is like, if you can give your customer only three things that they have to choose from, and you've already provided the health document, which is your inspection form, which is the root of all recommendations, which you've already provided them, which is fulfilling a commitment because your job, your professional responsibility, according to Bob Green, was to make sure the vehicle is safe, reliable, and efficient. That's the job, Mr. Client. And in order to do yeah. that, we will make sure in our inspection that we've identified these things and on it goes. And so by doing the inspection, you've already fulfilled the commitment. You've identified things with your professional opinion. So it isn't, it isn't a fan. Shopware's going to head in that direction though, where they're going to go approve all button. Possibly. You think? I think it, I think it's possible that that happened. Yeah. No, no, we have another I, approach. We'll be taking to that, which you'll see if you read my emails. I don't read your emails. When you, when, I, when have you, you noticed? Emails, I will do you, put more puns. Do you, hold on. Do you write these emails? Do you like type these yes, emails out? Down. I have the template all set. And then when there's a feature release, I uh, I do a summary on the I cool stuff. It's only I, the cool stuff, you need David. You need better headlines. Oh, you just hurt his feelings. You're such the an headline. asshole. I'm, do, I'm trying to help him. All right. All right. So right now we say. Here's this is all on how on. you take my genuine. No, no, no. no, no I, I, we just I talked about this for 20 minutes. What does a good headline look like on an email to get your attention? Shop owner attention with release notes, the software they're using, what, whatever platform it is. Like, what you, you need to put the sizzle in the headline, not that there's a new feature sizzles? release. I don't know. Like, like, do I need emojis in the headline? Do you like those? Sometimes. The, oh, really? The, yes. Okay. This is going to be fire. And then just put the fire emoji in there. And you're like, what's going to be fire? Click and then blame. So I feel like first everybody th- says, you don't want to miss this. Don't miss this. Pay attention. Oh, no, here. hold on. Important. Now you got to spy. So you got to spice up the, you don't want to miss this. Hey, this is important. Read this. Hey, I've got, got an idea. I've got an idea. Hang on. Hush up. <laughs> Hush up. Hush up. I'm curious. I've got an idea. What if it's, reverse psychology what if we're going to be like this is a pile of turds and just put the poop emoji at the end would you click okay. on that yeah probably <laughs> i mean see my point no no who it's, would write it's, this it's I all about <laughs> yeah it, it's it's I all I, I told you it's okay yeah, yes it's only <laughs> oh, i get so annoyed by this this car listen it's only clickbait if you don't deliver the goods mm. that's when it's clickbait Mm. You don't agree with me? No, no. I just feel You've like you've never had anybody using, explain this. To using he's just, he's just realizing that just you are bad. a clickbaiter now. He's he's What's realizing that? that you are the clickbaiter. I'm you have to do testing. I'm going to do A and B testing and a David Roman test. This is this is an absurd argument. All of your effort has to be in getting the click. You've got to get them to open that email and read the release note because it builds value in what you're delivering. It helps them, truly. Absolutely, yes. Yes. So your job in writing the email is to get them to open the email. When when we put out a YouTube video, all of our effort is, I need you to click and start watching the video. So I need to put the thumbnail, the title, everything in that little like uh, space on the screen is there to entice you to click on it. I need the click. Next one. Now, it's only David, clickbait. this one's for you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Have you read any of the emails? Huh? Have you read any of the auto-text-me emails? I mean, I... 
Be honest. It's okay. No, I'll, I'll tell you right now, but we have achieved a 40% open rate. On that's the, really good. It's actually great. That is really I good. Know. No, that's phenomenal. I know. It is. And, we, and, and now just imagine you put a couple emojis in there. Uh, hey, yeah, you know what's going to happen next? You're going to start seeing your email subjects on <laughs> Done With Care auto repair emails next week. Well, if you're if you legit are getting 40%. Open rates, ignore everything I'm telling you because <laughs> there is nothing that I'm going to tell you Maybe that you're is not going even on to the get list. it. Maybe I took you off the list. Maybe you don't even see them. <laughs> I know I see them. I open them every so often. I'm sure. Now, let me ask this, though, because we have another secret weapon that I use occasionally. Well, hold on. Let me, let me finish okay, this point. Okay, I'm go, just go, saying. Go, go. I'm just saying. It's only clickbait. All of the effort is to get them to open. It's only clickbait if you don't deliver the goods. Yes, we've if been talking for an hour and 30 minutes. I just looked at the time. No, it's been like, 13. Oh, my gosh. So last point, simple question for you guys. We we have the super weapon in the tool, the wall message. Obnoxious when I use that for webinar registrations no. or okay? No, I don't care. Because all you do is hit the X, it goes away, right? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't bother me. I don't. Like I honestly, don't even do, see it. Do people it. complain about that? I, I, they have not yet, but oh. I sometimes interpret silence like I, it's like, man, maybe it's somebody's like, oh, screw this. No, I just like in Facebook, it, right? I'm yeah, just, this is like in Facebook groups when people complain using the ad. Everyone, yeah. oh my god, I will god, never advertise terrible. to you in there. It's just simply a free training opportunity, right? That's I feel like an okay thing. He right. tagged at everyone the other day, and I'm like, dude, you're going to get one of us shot. Oh, you Why does me? everybody get upset? Because I don't understand. I usually like, I don't remember being there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. But is I that what it is? Yeah. It was like clickbait. Yeah. It's like <laughs> <laughs> clickbait. <laughs> Tag it's bait. It's only Tag bait. clickbait there it if there's no goods being delivered. There's nothing of value behind it. Clickbait is those is those you were talking about those um uh those those websites. Maybe it wasn't you. I'm sorry. I was I just attributed an entire podcast I listened to from somebody else to you. No wonder he hates me so much. It's because he like you. just yeah, all this stuff happens and he just like throws on me and he's like, Yeah, Lucas did that. You Dude, know, I wasn't you've even there. seen the websites that are like, You won't believe what happened to this celebrity. Horrible. And you yeah. click on it and next, it takes you next, to a web page. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, You won't yeah, believe yeah. this. Click next, then you click next. This is really good. Yeah. That's clickbait. There's yeah, yeah. nothing of value there. They want the click. Yeah. That's it. They, they take the click, the they app. package yeah, it up, yeah. and they sell it to advertisers going, We got two million hits last month. Yeah, you got two million hits one click at a time, and it, you never delivered any value. There's Terrible. nobody buying anything off nobody. those websites. Useless. Just okay, the that's clickbait. But to say that, hey, I'm going to entice you to open my email, but when you open my email, There'll be something there of value. That's not clickbait. It's That's just good salesmanship. Have about thirty to hundred thousand emails in their inbox. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why you have to stand out. Emojis, it is. Uh, emojis, frog, well, so, poop, and uh, fire emojis. So I just want to know why he Throw didn't know about the- in there. That'll be awesome. Only the people that listen to the podcast can be like, oh, "There's a frog emoji." <laughs> hey, hey! If somebody listen, I've got a question. If somebody like. I think what you need to do is if somebody mentions the frog emoji, I think you need to give them a free month. So I I'm going to do a whoa, pun with it, geez, I, So it'll be a frog crap. emoji, Lucas, but then I said, these release notes are hopping. <laughs> <laughs> David's laughing at my pun. He's laughing at the pun. <laughs> I will open that. I, oh, my God. My head's just spinning. <laughs> Um, I will open that with the frog emoji. So he didn't know that'll be, that'll be awesome. I'm like, <laughs> no way, click. So I look the the marketing stuff has been talked about for over a year. 
right? Yeah, it's been coming for a little bit. Why don't you know? Like, because I, dude, I've told him about it over and over again, and it's I know a big of deal. it. I know it's been there. I just, it's you know, you're on the advisory panel. Oh, is that what it is? And we didn't ask David yet to do that. Oh. Uh, <sighs> this is the same thing with shopware. And you're like, dude, did you see this crazy new feature in shopware? What are you talking about? Just what, move over to this tab. I don't have that tab. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the tab now. I'll have to check. I don't know. And that's what, that's what ends up happening. But oh, so it's crazy. Let me but, screenshot it for you. It's like he's taking pictures. And I'm like, yeah, super at? secret. You can't share this. Classified no, no, document. No, I'm just no, saying. I mean, dude, that mark, like, so. Um, it's going to help a lot of people. When when the um, meeting was over with uh, Carolyn and Kim and Brian and everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. She said, that is the most simple and like shop owner minded thing I've ever seen in a in a shop management or whatever software. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, she's like, you can look at it and you can easily discern what it is you're doing. And you can you can look at those clients and she's like, by the way they name the clients and the different options of how you can sort it out, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like it just works. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to you can go into that and it gives you a ton of data. You know, and and the little things that I never used properly were like the yes and no button over on the right. Oh, and the DVI. Yeah, dude. Because now I'm starting to try and send repeat DVIs and follow up messages and like all those things. Oh yeah. And so I had been doing follow up and everything else through like um um another company, Mm -hmm. and now I'm like, holy shit, this is way more powerful than the other company. It's way more accurate. Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. We're going to be doing a webinar on that, and I I was talking to Michael, one of my trainers, next month. uh, We're going to do a webinar. We call it the rainy day folder on that piece. Wonderful, wonderful area to follow up on real things your customer need because you identified it in their inspection, which is the document of truth on their car. Dude, I, I got six text messages last week that said, holy cow, that's so funny. I had just thought about I need to get my car inspected or my it's oil changed. And I forget. just, and I yeah. literally was picking up my phone to call you and I get a text message saying, hey, just a reminder, this is due. Boom. And it's like, it, it is so effective in the way that it does it compared to, you know what I mean? Dude, oh, it, yeah. and that auto predict on the reminder. Yes. Holy the service cow. reminder component. Oh, hundred percent. The level five integrations like we have with shopware. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. dude. It is insane yeah. at how, and, and I mean, and I'll pull it up for David and show him the marketing thing. But I mean, that is like everybody yeah. that's seen it, It's like, holy yep. cow, that yep. is a level. I, I appreciate that feedback. We have some of the brightest devs in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. They're just such good guys. And I'm really proud of what they put out. Yeah. Uh, thanks for saying that. Of course. Killer okay. information. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.